Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Hey, and welcome to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thank you very much for tuning in. And for those of you who've been listening for a while, go over to my website at tomsinger.com and pull down the About button and jump over to the group coaching program because the Cool Things Project is ready to launch. People can sign up. Uh, I'm getting a lot of questions from people about if it's right for them as a solopreneur or a small business owner or if maybe they're working inside a company but they're really entrepreneurial or they realize that the statistics say 40% of us will probably be working for ourselves at some point in the near future, and therefore they want to get a little bit more prepared for what it's going to take to make that leap from working for a company to being a consultant or a solopreneur. And so that's exactly what the Cool Things Project is about. So jump over there and check it out. We are launching now, but the official launch date is going to be April 1st, which has nothing to do with April Fool's Day, but uh, we want to make sure people are signed up early and and they get to participate for you know the time between now and April for no additional charge because we're going to get this thing ramped up so that we're running hard on April 1st. So today's episode I am really excited about. I try to interview people from different walks of life. But let's face it. When we were all kids, who didn't want to own a toy store? And so Mich- Michelle Saar is with us today and she is the owner of of two retail shops, one of which is a toy store, and the other one is a cheese shop. And so I just think, what a great life. She gets to sell toys, and she gets to sell cheese. I had to have her on a show called Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. So Michelle grew up in her family business. Her dad owned retail stores, which included a toy store, and she loved it as a kid. So after going to school and studying marketing, she came back home to work in the family business. And today, she and her husband own these two stores. So she has a lifetime in retail and the toy business. And I just think it's going to be fun to talk to her about owning a toy store because let's face it, we all wish we owned a toy store because that's totally cool. So, Michelle, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Hey, so I talked a little bit about who you are and what you do, but why don't you give us a little bit more of a background of what led you into entrepreneurship and then a little bit about your shops? Um, Sure, yeah. Um, I was just a kid running around in my dad's stores, and uh, I I just had a blast doing that. Um, I, I really enjoyed all the aspects of the work. Of course, I wasn't doing the things like paying the bills or anything at that time. So that made it extra fun. But um, uh, some of the things I really enjoyed was going to shows. Um, I'm getting ready right now to go to New York City for the International Toy Fair. Um, and, and just, and just, I mean, it's, I'm buying toys. So how much fun is that? Uh, so yeah, so I grew up that way. Um, as I got older, I realized, hey, I really like this. I like the independence of kind of creating your own thing, um, going your own direction and seeing what works and what doesn't. And um, I like learning from my own successes and failures, too. So um, so that's why I went that direction. <laughs> so did you ever work for corporate America or right after school? Did you go back and work for your dad? 
I did not work for corporate America. I went right and worked for my dad right from school. So there's a lot of listeners who are really, really probably jealous of the fact that you had that ability to just start your own thing or, or be part of a family business right away. Because a lot of the people I interview, and, and I know a lot of my listeners, actually kind of got caught in the grind of, of corporate America and had to find an escape route. Yes. In fact, that's the story of my husband and why we have a cheese shop, but I digress, but yes. I under, we understand that well. So. <laughs> so let's talk about the fact that as a kid, I mean, it must have been fun having been the girl with whose dad owned the, the toy store, right? Everybody wanted to come and play? Yeah, it kind of makes you the star of the show. And my kids had the same experience growing up, too. I have three children and uh, and it <laughs> they they just thought, oh, your mom has a toy store. Like they didn't really care about my husband's civil engineering degree job and you know <laughs> that's just boring but mom's toy store was definitely made them the star of the show and they kind of felt special because of that so you followed in your father's footsteps and and went into retail what is it that you really love about this entrepreneurial life and and running your own store i mean you said the freedom that it gives you and all this but but when you wake up in the day what makes you sort of smile and say i like what i do um i really i love planning i love learning um, I love uh, setting goals and working towards them. And I mean, it's very rewarding reaching those goals and then setting new goals, you know. So uh, that's just it's just extremely rewarding to have this thing you created, you know, moving forward, doing well, paying, you know, our bills and help. <laughs> we're living off this money. <laughs> and it's something you created yourself, you know. So I'm a really big fan of sort of local stores, whether it's toy stores or cheese shops or, or anything where it's sort of the local people rather than all of the giant big box chains. I know that within your community, you're really involved with sort of your Main Street movement. Can you talk a little bit about that? Um, yeah. So there's um, actually a whole – you probably know the National Main Street um, organization. Um, and Ohio is very good at promoting that within the historic districts. Um and so we're in Canada, Ohio. We have a really nice historic downtown um, Main Street community. Um, and so I've spent, since we opened up our store in, in Kent, and that's the town I live in, um, I have spent a lot of my own time just volunteering on the um, Main Street organization because we I've seen how effective it is at um kind of building that community, um, giving into the community, uh, creating events, uh, making the downtown a destination to come to, um, beautification, all those things, they give back to the community. And, and in our town, there has been a huge revival of the downtown area and a large, uh, you know, I have to give a large portion of that, um, happened because of the Main Street, uh, because of our organization down there and, and all that they did. So so when you get together with sort of the other business owners, you said you kind of do events. I'm, I'm imagining this. We didn't talk about this before, but I'm sort of imagining like like a Christmas, you know, bizarre open house weekend in late November or something like that. Are those the types of things that you do? Yeah, we try to make it fun and funky. Uh, well, in, in late November, we have... Um, uh, we have our black squirrels are kind of our mascot in our town. So we have black squirrel Friday. <laughs> um, and, and of course we celebrate the small business Saturday, but, um, but we just do things, 
those those are some of the simpler events actually um we just coordinate where people can go around and do like a little scavenger hunt and they might win like $500 in gift cards to the various stores in the community. So we're just trying to kind of give back our appreciation for the local shoppers. So what makes shopping in like a small local toy store so much better than going to like Toys R Us or Target? Oh, wow. Well, that is a good question. And I think there's a lot of answers to that. Um, one of the main things I think is, uh, well, first of all, you're not going to find, there will be some crossover in merchandise, but for the most part, when you come into a specialty toy store and, and definitely in my store, you're not going to see the same things you see in Toys R Us and Target. But also, you know, our store is small. Um, so when you come in the door, we're going to greet you. Um, if you want help, it's not hard to find someone because, again, it's small and we're there and we try to engage with you and talk to you. Um, so and we you know there's a lot of customers come in regularly and we know them and we probably we might know their name as well. So um, so we try to um, have conversations with you when you come to our um, counter. We're going to ask you if you want it gift wrapped. We don't charge for that. Um, and. There's a lot of things even beyond that. I mean, uh, Toys R Us and, uh, you know, um, Amazon and all that are not going to, they don't give back to the community like a smaller store often will. Um, uh, for example, we give to a lot of, like, a lot of donations for um, the different charities that are having drawings or, or uh, silent auctions and that kind of thing. And, and again, like I said, um, the volunteering with the Main Street, um, I spend a lot of time just giving into things that give back to our community. And, and I really don't even go out there and advertise that to everyone. I mean, obviously, I'm telling you about that, but I, I'm not sure that all the people locally know that. I don't do it necessarily to gain business specifically for my store. I do it to build our downtown district. Sure. And, you know, I often don't think first off about sort of the small little stores. I should because I love it, but it's not something that necessarily comes to mind. And a couple of years ago, my daughter wrote a children's book and my wife was looking for places for her to do like readings, you know, so that she could get some publicity for the book and, and get out there. And we have a local toy store in Austin that, you know, my wife, they were able to come in and do like a children's book reading. And for a couple of years, Jackie went in and promoted her book there. And the lady who owns it was delightful. And it was just so much, it was so much fun to go into her store and, and see how the, the, the customers interacted with her and her staff. But the thing that got me is we don't think I, – I teach – what I do for a living is I go in and teach corporations and law firms and people how to network and get involved in their community. When we think of retail, sometimes networking isn't something that comes to mind. So let's switch gears here since you kind of brought it up and talk about what do you do when it comes to networking in retail? It's funny you ask that because I know early on I thought this networking stuff, I want nothing to do with it. It just means <laughs> – I mean, in my mind, I thought, oh, I have all these people that are going to be asking me to, like, buy their thing, and I don't really need their stuff. I'll go to the people I want to. So so I had kind of a bad attitude about the whole thing. But um, when I started getting really involved in Kent, I wasn't trying to network. I just – I suddenly – was meeting all these people and I was meeting all the networkers. And so 
So now I really know a lot of people in Kent and, and I wasn't trying to network, but I found that it was, it was really beneficial in ways that I, it hadn't occurred to me. So, um, first of all, a lot of these people are my customers. <laughs> and the cool thing about networkers is, you know, they're not just talking about their business. They're talking about the other businesses they love. So, so they're some of my biggest cheer, cheerleaders out there. Um, they're my best referrals. They, <laughs> they're out there even on the social media talking about how great we are. Um, so, and I didn't ask them to do any of that. I didn't go to networking things with the idea of, Hey, I want to get my name out there. It's just, it just kind of happened. And I think it's a pretty amazing thing. And, and, uh, I'm, I'm one of the little things that hadn't occurred to me is my daughter, she's in college now and I helped her to get, uh, a pretty nice little college job because of this networking, uh, you know, this networking thing, this lady I met who is right in the field that Megan's looking into. So now she's a freshman in college and she has a nice little part-time job that's right in the field that she's looking to go into. See, it's so often, and you sort of started off saying at first you thought, oh, I want nothing to do with this networking <laughs> stuff. And I think the problem is, and I've talked about this on a lot of episodes, is that I think the problem resides in the fact we have a messed up version of what it means to network. And when you really look at the definition, it's just the creation of long-term and mutually beneficial relationships. And, you know, who doesn't love the idea of a long-term and mutually beneficial relationship? And whether you're selling accounting or law or you're selling computers or if you run a small retail shop, at the, at the end of the day, those little, you know, connections that you make where you have real friendships and real understanding of each other, people do refer you. And when they are shopping for something, they come to your store. So I think, you know, I, I'm working with a, an association that is in retail right now. And next month, I'm going to be delivering a breakout session for all their store managers about networking with your clients. And what does that mean if you are, you know, a brick and mortar store. And I think you're absolutely right. You have no idea just being involved in your community. It leads people to, to you. Right. Absolutely. And, and I think what you were saying too, about your, um, the book that you're, that, that, that toy store really focused on. I think that that's, that's also networking. I mean, you're talking to your customers, a lot of the little stores, what they can do, that the big stores can't do is we do networking. We network with our customers. Um, we have events and um, we know our customers by name when they come into the store and, and we work with them often. And the cool thing is too, because we have that relationship with our customers, when I go and talk about a book or a game in my store, my customer is going to believe me when I say this is an am amazing game because of whatever reason. So those relationships are actually often the foundation of some, some of, uh, if you look at the history of some toys that have done really well over the years, a lot of times they started in a little toy store like mine, and they started with the owners just having a passion about this toy and talking to their customers that they built this relationship with, so... 
And it was true. I mean, the people who came, they, they do little events and book readings on Saturday mornings and, and they send out emails to their list. And the people who came, you know, they all came with their kids and it wasn't their first time in the store. They all walked in. Everybody knew everybody by name. All the moms knew each other because they came every Saturday for whatever the, the little event was. And it really was a community. So is that what you have with your with your customers as a little community? Um, yeah, I mean, we don't have book readings, but... Um... Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Hey, and welcome to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thank you very much for tuning in. And for those of you who've been listening for a while, go over to my website at tomsinger.com and pull down the About button and jump over to the group coaching program because the Cool Things Project is ready to launch. People can sign up. Uh, I'm getting a lot of questions from people about if it's right for them as a solopreneur or a small business owner or if maybe they're working inside a company but they're really entrepreneurial or they realize that the statistics say 40% of us will probably be working for ourselves at some point in the near future, and therefore they want to get a little bit more prepared for what it's going to take to make that leap from working for a company to being a consultant or a solopreneur. And so that's exactly what the Cool Things Project is about. So jump over there and check it out. We are launching now, but the official launch date is going to be April 1st, which has nothing to do with April Fool's Day, but uh, we want to make sure people are signed up early and and they get to participate for you know the time between now and April for no additional charge because we're going to get this thing ramped up so that we're running hard on April 1st. So today's episode I am really excited about. I try to interview people from different walks of life. But let's face it. When we were all kids, who didn't want to own a toy store? And so Mich Michelle Saar is with us today and she is the owner of of two retail shops, one of which is a toy store, and the other one is a cheese shop. And so I just think, what a great life. She gets to sell toys, and she gets to sell cheese. I had to have her on a show called Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. So Michelle grew up in her family business. Her dad owned retail stores, which included a toy store, and she loved it as a kid. So after going to school and studying marketing, she came back home to work in the family business. And today, she and her husband own these two stores. So she has a lifetime in retail and the toy business. And I just think it's going to be fun to talk to her about owning a toy store because let's face it, we all wish we owned a toy store because that's totally cool. So, Michelle, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Hey, so I talked a little bit about who you are and what you do, but why don't you give us a little bit more of a background of what led you into entrepreneurship and then a little bit about your shops? Um, sure, yeah. Um, I was just a kid running around in my dad's stores, and uh, I, I just had a blast doing that. Um, I, I really enjoyed all the aspects of the work. Of course, I wasn't doing the things like paying the bills or anything at that time. So that made it extra fun. But um, uh, some of the things I really enjoyed was going to shows. Um, I'm getting ready right now to go to New York City for the International Toy Fair. Ooh. Um, and, and just, and just, I mean, it's, I'm buying toys. So how much fun is that? Uh, so yeah, so I grew up that way. Um, as I got older, I realized, hey, I really like this. I like the independence of kind of creating your own thing, um, going your own direction and seeing what works and 
what doesn't. And um, I like learning from my own successes and failures too. So, um, so that's why I went that direction. <laughs> so did you ever work for corporate America or right after school, did you go back and work for your dad? I did not work for corporate America. I went right and worked for my dad right from school. So there's a lot of listeners who are really, really probably jealous of the fact that you had that ability to just start your own thing or, or be part of a family business right away. Because a lot of the people I interview, and, and I know a lot of my listeners, actually kind of got caught in the grind of, of corporate America and had to find an escape route. Yes. In fact, that's the story of my husband and why we have a cheese shop, but I digress, but yes. <laughs> I under, we understand that well. So. <laughs> so let's talk about the fact that as a kid, I mean, it must have been fun having being the girl with whose dad owned the the toy store, right? Everybody wanted to come and play. Yeah, it kind of makes you the star of the show. And my kids had the same experience growing up too. I have three children, and uh, and it <laughs> they they just thought, oh, your mom has a toy store. Like they didn't really care about my husband's civil engineering degree job and you know <laughs> that's just boring but mom's toy store was definitely made them the star of the show and they kind of felt special because of that so you followed in your father's footsteps and and went into retail what is it that you really love about this entrepreneurial life and and running your own store i mean you said the freedom that it gives you and all this but but when you wake up in the day what makes you sort of smile and say i like what i do um i really i love planning i love learning um, I love uh, setting goals and working towards them. And I mean, it's very rewarding reaching those goals and then setting new goals, you know. So uh, that's just it's just extremely rewarding to have this thing you created, you know, moving forward, doing well, paying, you know, our bills and help, <laughs> we're living off this money. <laughs> and it's something you created yourself, you know. So I'm a really big fan of sort of local stores, whether it's toy stores or cheese shops or, or anything where it's sort of the local people rather than all of the giant big box chains. I know that within your community, you're really involved with sort of your Main Street movement. Can you talk a little bit about that? Um, yeah. So there's um, actually a whole – you probably know the National Main Street um, organization. Um, and Ohio is very good at promoting that within the historic districts. Um and so we're in Kent, Ohio. We have a really nice historic downtown um, Main Street community. Um, and so I've spent, since we opened up our store in, in Kent, and that's the town I live in, um, I have spent a lot of my own time just volunteering on the um, Main Street organization because we I've seen how effective it is at um kind of building that community, um, giving into the community, uh, creating events, uh, making the downtown a destination to come to, um, beautification, all those things, they give back to the community. And, and in our town, there has been a huge revival of the downtown area and a large, uh, you know, I have to give a large portion of that, um, happened because of the main street, uh, because of our organization down there and, and all that they did. So, so when you get together with sort of the other business owners, you said you kind of do events. I'm, I'm imagining this. We didn't talk about this before, but I'm sort of imagining like, like a Christmas 
you know, bizarre open house weekend in late November or something like that. Are those the types of things that you do? Yeah, we try to make it fun and funky. Uh, well, in, in late November, we have, um, uh, we have our black squirrels are kind of our mascot in our town. So we have black squirrel Friday. <laughs> um, and, and of course we sell about phrase of small business Saturday, but, um, but we just do things. Those, those are some of the simpler events actually. Um, we just coordinate where people can go around and do like a little scavenger hunt and they might win like $500 in gift cards to the various stores in the community. So we're just trying to kind of give back our appreciation for the local shoppers. So what makes shopping in like a small local toy store so much better than going to like Toys R Us or Target? Oh, wow. Well, that is a good question. And I think there's a lot of answers to that. Um, one of the main things I think is, uh, well, first of all, you're not going to find, there will be some crossover in merchandise, but for the most part, when you come into a specialty toy store and, and definitely in my store, you're not going to see the same things you see in Toys R Us and Target. But also, you know, our store is small. Um, so when you come in the door, we're going to greet you. Um, if you want help, it's not hard to find someone because, again, it's small and we're there and we try to engage with you and talk to you. Um, so and we you know there's a lot of customers come in regularly and we know them and we probably we might know their name as well. So um, so we try to um, have conversations with you when you come to our um, counter. We're going to ask you if you want it gift wrapped. We don't charge for that. Um, and. There's a lot of things even beyond that. I mean, uh, Toys R Us and, uh, you know, um, Amazon and all that are not going to, they don't give back to the community like a smaller store often will. Um, uh, for example, we give to a lot of, like, a lot of donations for um, the different charities that are having drawings or, or uh, silent auctions and that kind of thing. And, and again, like I said, um, the volunteering with the Main Street, um, I spend a lot of time just giving into things that give back to our community. And, and I really don't even go out there and advertise that to everyone. I mean, obviously, I'm telling you about that, but I, I'm not sure that all the people locally know that. I don't do it necessarily to gain business specifically for my store. I do it to build our downtown district. Sure. And, you know, I often don't think first off about sort of the small little stores. I should because I love it, but it's not something that necessarily comes to mind. And a couple of years ago, my daughter wrote a children's book and my wife was looking for places for her to do like readings, you know, so that she could get some publicity for the book and, and get out there. And we have a local toy store in Austin that, you know, my wife, they were able to come in and do like a children's book reading. And for a couple of years, Jackie went in and promoted her book there. And the lady who owns it was delightful. And it was just so much, it was so much fun to go into her store and, and see how the, the, the customers interacted with her and her staff. But the thing that got me is we don't think I, – I teach – what I do for a living is I go in and teach corporations and law firms and people how to network and get involved in their community. When we think of retail, sometimes networking isn't something that comes to mind. So let's switch gears here since you kind of brought it up and talk about what do you do when it comes to networking in retail? It's funny you ask that because I know early on I thought this networking stuff, I want nothing to do with it. It just means <laughs> – 
I mean, in my mind, I thought, oh, I have all these people that are going to be asking me to like buy their thing and I don't really need their stuff. I'll go to the people I want to. So, so I had kind of a bad attitude about the whole thing. But, um, when I started getting really involved in Kent, I wasn't trying to network. I just, I suddenly was meeting all these people and I was meeting all the networkers. And so, so now I really know a lot of people in Kent and, and I wasn't trying to network, but I found that it was, it was really beneficial in ways that I, it hadn't occurred to me. So, um, first of all, a lot of these people are my customers <laughs> and, the cool thing about networkers is, you know, they're not just talking about their business. They're talking about the other businesses they love. So so they're some of my biggest cheer, cheerleaders out there. Um, they're my best referrals. They, <laughs> they're out there even on the social media talking about how great we are. Um, so and I didn't ask them to do any of that. I didn't go to networking things with the idea of, hey, I want to get my name out there it's just it just kind of happened and I think it's a pretty amazing thing and and uh I'm I'm one of the little things that hadn't occurred to me is my daughter she's in college now and I helped her to get uh a pretty nice little college job because of this networking uh you know this networking thing this lady I met who is right in the field that Megan's looking into. So now she's a freshman in college and she has a nice little part-time job that's right in the field that she's looking to go into. See, it's so often, and you sort of started off saying at first you thought, oh, I want nothing to do with this networking <laughs> stuff. And I think the problem is, and I've talked about this on a lot of episodes, is that I think the problem resides in the fact we have a messed up version of what it means to network. And when you really look at the definition, it's just the creation of long-term and mutually beneficial relationships. And, you know, who doesn't love the idea of a long-term and mutually beneficial relationship? And whether you're selling accounting or law or you're selling computers or if you run a small retail shop, at the, at the end of the day, those little, you know, connections that you make where you have real friendships and real understanding of each other, people do refer you. And when they are shopping for something, they come to your store. So I think, you know, I, I'm working with a, an association that is in retail right now. And next month, I'm going to be delivering a breakout session for all their store managers about networking with your clients. And what does that mean if you are, you know, a brick and mortar store. And I think you're absolutely right. You have no idea just being involved in your community. It leads people to, to you. Right. Absolutely. And, and I think what you were saying too, about your, um, the book that you're, that, that, that toy store really focused on. I think that that's, that's also networking. I mean, you're talking to your customers, a lot of the little stores, what they can do, that the big stores can't do is we do networking. We network with our customers. Um, we have events and um, we know our customers by name when they come into the store and, and we work with them often. And the cool thing is too, because we have that relationship with our customers, when I go and talk about a book or a game in my store, my customer is going to believe me when I say this is an am amazing game because of whatever reason. So those relationships are actually often the foundation of some, some of, uh, if you look at the history of some toys that have done really well over the years, a lot of times they started in a little 
toy store like mine and they started with the owners just having a passion about this toy and talking to their customers that they built this relationship with so and it was true i mean the people who came they they do little events and book readings on saturday mornings and and they send out emails to their list and the people who came you know they all came with their kids and it wasn't their first time in the store they all walked in everybody knew everybody by name all the moms knew each other cuz they came every saturday for whatever the the little event was and it really was a community so is that what you have with your with your customers as a little community um yeah i mean we don't have book readings but um we have uh we have different little communities within our store like we have the gamers and they know that my staff they love to play games and a lot of the games we've played so they come in and they chat about games or new games coming out for example um and yeah we have the parents who i've gotten to know over the years and i've seen their kids grow up and they come in and their kids are in a new stage so I have some really great recommendations for that or maybe for a birthday party they're going to. Um, so there's just the different kind of communities that are in our store that we, we get to know. And, and I kind of are uh, the people I hire. I kind of hire them so that they're filling maybe a hole for a community. I don't I'm not really hitting as well. Sure. So. So we've talked about what you love and the good parts about it, but come on, there's got to be some parts of being an entrepreneur that just drive you crazy. Is there any part where you wake up thinking, I could have had a corporate job? Yeah, yeah. I've, it's funny because you think about all the people who just think, oh, I would love to work for myself or I'd love to have your job, you know, and I think sometimes I like fantasize about having the nine to five job. <laughs> <laughs> and And I mean – the biggest thing is the amount of time it takes up. And sometimes, you know, you, you can't really, uh, you can't be like, I'm taking the day off. You know, you can't take the day off because something is happening and, and it all, the buck falls on you. You know, you're the one who has to take care of it. If, if there's, you know, if, if your lines are broken or your managers or whatever it is, you're the one ultimately responsible. So, Sometimes it can be pretty frustrating that way. And certainly the other big way it's frustrating is when things aren't going well. Let's, because I have had stores that have failed and I've closed them. And um, that certainly isn't so rewarding. <laughs> so that's, that's definitely a downside. And losing money isn't exactly exciting. So there's that too. So um, I've been in both places. So. Well, and you bring up an interesting point that as an entrepreneur, you've had your ups and downs. You've started stores that haven't made it, and you've started stores that have been successful. And yet when we when we come and say, wow, look at Michelle, we look at the toy store and the cheese shop, and we think, oh, she's crushing it. As an entrepreneur, you've got the weight on your shoulder that sometimes you're going to be on fire, and sometimes you're going to burn down. Yep, yep. And, um, you know, in the end, if your successes outweigh your failures, then then I think you've done you've done pretty good. But I can't <laughs> imagine that too many people have gone through and been real successful without having some failures. I, I fully agree. And I think there's in order to get to that success, you have to go through the failures. And you are right that as long as the successes outweigh the failures in the end, you win. Yeah. So I've got more questions for you, Michelle. But first, I have to thank the sponsor of this show. This episode is brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. They set you up with the right equipment, training, and guidance to ensure that your show sounds amazing. 
Podfly does all the heavy lifting and the technical work so that you can focus on creating great content and growing your audience. Hey, if you want to start a podcast, and I know a lot of you do, jump over to podfly.net slash cool things and check out the offer that they have for the listeners of this show. So Michelle, let's say someone is listening to this episode and they are like, I want to do this. I want to go start something. And, and granted, you grew up in the business, but like you said, you watched your husband transition from civil engineering to being a cheesemonger. If, uh, if someone is thinking, I want to make that transition, what advice do you have for them? One thing I've seen a few too many times is, is people can have a lot of passion, but uh, if you have a lot of passion and you don't know have the know-how, if you don't um, understand your finances, um, your passion isn't going to get you through. <laughs> you need you need to understand uh, how your how business works. So you really need help. You need to go out. You need to educate yourself. Um, now, in the toy industry, we have this great associate association called Astra American Specialty Toy Retailing Association, and there is so much information. And there's a lot of people are helping each other. Um, retailers helping retailers um it there's a lot of support and i think there's a lot of other associations out there i mean for the for example the cheese shop we have the american cheese society so there are uh organizations out there um a lot of times that are going to be able to help you um and you really need someone that that knows numbers that if you don't know the numbers you need someone on board that's going to help you with that because um that can be the death of a business for sure, not knowing your numbers. So. Well, you give two great pieces of advice there. The first one is knowing those numbers and getting, making sure you get a bookkeeper or someone who can help you keep track of that because I've seen it in my own business. It's like if I'm not paying attention, all of a sudden it's like, wow, you know, look at all the money I have in the bank. And yet at the same time, the amount of outstanding bills might surpass what the checking account says. So, <laughs> yeah, that's, you know, that's <laughs> it doesn't matter what's in the checking account today. It matters how does it balance on a, on a profit and loss statement. Right. <laughs> the other the other thing you talk about is getting involved with your association and you mentioned the Cheese Society and then you mentioned Astra and it is so true that if you want to succeed in a business you have to get around other people who are succeeding. And so often people tell me, oh, I, I don't want to join my trade association because that's where the competitors are. I don't want to spend my time with competitors. I want to spend my time with people who can buy from me. But the truth is most of these trade associations are filled with people with really big hearts and who are going to share, and especially in something like the specialty toy industry, most of the people you're going to meet in a great association like Astra aren't going to be located on Main Street in Kent. So they're not looking at you as a competitor. If they're in Austin, Texas, and they're saying, hey, I have this great way you know, to draw people into my store, they're not going to hide it under a bushel. They're going to share it with you because if you're doing it in Kent, Ohio, all that does is help everybody. It doesn't hurt them. I absolutely agree. And and. Long ago, I gave up trying to worry too much about what my competitor is doing. I'm not saying you don't pay attention at all, but if your focus is there and instead of helping people, then then I think I've seen people actually fail more with that attitude um, yeah. than with the more helpful attitude that you mentioned. So. Well, and sometimes I'm really active in the National Speakers Association, and people will tell me all the time they really want to grow a business. They've been speaking a little bit on the side. They want to take it to a more full-time thing, and my advice is get to the National Speakers Association, national conference, or the winter conference that they do at the end of February. You know, Get 
get to the summer or the winter conference and and meet people and go to the education and, and just get around the vibe of the whole thing. And they say, oh, it's it's really too expensive, you know, to to invest in the airfare and the hotel and the conference fee. What do you find you get when you attend one of these associations that you belong to that makes the ROI so worth it? Uh, well, I never stop learning. And I don't know if I mentioned this, but well, I did. I grew up in retail. I've been in retail for decades now. And I still am learning something all the time. And the place I learn it at is our association meetings, to be honest. So I always am taking home something new that I hadn't considered or or maybe uh, it's a changing trend in the market that I wasn't aware of. Um, but all of those things have helped my store to be extremely successful. And I don't it wouldn't be where it is today without that. It. it easily translate, translates into dollars and cents, and it's more than paid for itself if you want to just look at it in dollars and cents. Yeah, I mean, I'm a big believer in, if I was a plumber, I would be a member of the National Plumbers Association. I'm a really big believer that if you're going to be successful, you not only have to support your association, but you need to show up and be present because, and give back because you'll, you'll, learn, you'll learn far more than you'll ever give either time-wise or money-wise. And the giving back is is. Uh, a good thing to mention too because you know going back to the networking now um, it's just this year I've joined the Astra board and so I'm networking a little bit more um, on a national level with some of the um, Astra members and um, in ways you know you get to know people a little bit better when you give back you're on committees or on boards and and that kind of thing and 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 it's pretty exciting and and I'm learning new things, and I I love to learn, so. <laughs> well, and we do. I mean, human beings, we're experiential, right? We're experiential beings. And therefore, the way we build relationships is through shared experiences and sharing those, sharing those experiences with other people. And that's why volunteering and being on the board is better than just sending in a dues check, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And um, kind of going back to what you were saying about a return on investment and what you just said is that – um, it's great to hear like how other retailers we're always sharing with each other in Astra. This is what worked for me. This didn't work for me. And you kind of get, you just, sometimes you start with an idea that you stole with from someone else. I mean, you don't steal <laughs> Not it. You stealing. Tell them, Can I steal your idea? And, <laughs> That's right. And collective, very generous, so. collective friendly borrowing is what I like to call it. Yes, that's a good good way to put it. <laughs> so, Michelle, I call this show Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. So what are the coolest things you're doing in your businesses right now? Well, right now, the coolest thing is, and I, I touched on it a little bit, is is in September, my husband left his 20-year um, uh, corporate job as a civil engineer to open a cheese shop, <laughs> an artisan cheese shop, a little cheese shop in our downtown community. Um, and that's pretty exciting. So, so now I go from during the day, um, buying toys and running my toy shop to at night, helping him with wine and cheese tasting. So Aww, poor Michelle has to taste wine and cheese every day. I know it's rough. It's rough. <laughs> well, that is exciting because number one, he you know he watched you run retail forever, and now he's jumping in alongside of you as part of your downtown Main Street uh, crew, right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, what's cool about a cheese shop? I, there's a little cheese shop that I visit regularly, and I I actually love 
cheese. I think cheese is an awesome thing. But what's cool about the cheese shop? Well, <laughs> the cheese is just a pretty fascinating thing. And my husband's one of these kind of geeky nerd information people where you start talking about something he's interested in, and he can go on to the history of things forever and ever. <laughs> and um, which translates well for a cheese shop because every single cheese in that shop has this huge history. Um, you have artisan like cheese makers out there, craft um, kind of craft cheese makers or what what have you. But not um, but not craft cash. but not craft cheese craft not, cheese no, but no, not, not craft, craft cheese yeah brand, right no. <laughs> yeah no but um yeah I mean there's a lot of passion in the cheese industry uh. I mean, cheese, actually, there is, like, uh, an enzyme in cheese that makes you feel good, literally. Um, tyrosine. Uh, so when you're eating cheese, it actually makes you feel good. So, Well, that explains a lot. Yes. Because <laughs> I just constantly want to eat cheese. It doesn't really fit to my diet plans, but I love cheese. <laughs> yeah, I keep trying to look up the diet plan that's all cheese, so... <laughs> <laughs> the the cheese <laughs> diet. There you go. I like that. Yeah, maybe I'll write a book or something. Now. <laughs> so so Michelle, I could talk about you and the the Kent cheesemonger and off the wagon toys. I could talk about you and your businesses for for a full hour. However, I think some of the best entrepreneurs, I think they're observers. So I love to ask my guests, who are you watching out there? Somebody who's not part of your company who's doing something really cool. Um. Yeah. Well, right in our own little community, which. I keep talking about our own little community, but um, we have this really cool um, shop that just opened up maybe like four or five years ago. It's called Popped, and they sell popcorn, so not the newest idea in the whole world. But I, I'm i just pretty amazed at um, Gwen, the owner. Uh, she is She's not ever done retail, but she just decided to open the shop, and she is an amazing uh, business person. She has created this brand, and her her branding is really, it's really together. It's really amazing. Um, one of the things she does is she sources all of her ingredients locally, um, and she makes them wholesome, um, simple in a lot of ways. But, you know, uh, she doesn't just buy any old butter, but she buys, like, the butter that's not as processed in the local farm that, um, you know, pops by and delivers them from, I don't know. So, I mean, the, <laughs> the point is she's, she's done that, but she's also has this good way, amazing way of engaging with the community. Um, like her social media, like the way she engages with the community, she's just her conversational voice and, um, she's just done an amazing job. So I, I like, I learned from her too. Um, even though, like I said, I've been in this industry for a long time, but um, she's kind of new to it, and she's done this amazing job, and I admire her for it. And uh, and I like hearing what what seeing what she's doing and hearing what she's saying. And all right, so I don't know about the rest of my listeners, but I want to put Kent, Ohio, on my travel plans because you have done an excellent job. The Chamber of Commerce should give you a medal. You've done an excellent job of painting what a wonderful place this is, how entrepreneurial the Kent downtown area is. And let's just think about this for a minute. If you were to visit, like I get to, I'm fortunate, I get to speak in communities all over the country. If I was brought to Kent to give a speech, my downtime that night would involve 
gourmet popcorn with delicious locally sourced butter. It would involve a stroll through a really cool toy store. And there would be wine and cheese involved. Kind of sounds like a perfect night. I think I think that Kent, Ohio is going to like become like a destination place for people who want experiences because you've done a great job of painting the whole place as just fabulous. Well, it is, and I've missed a lot of things too. So, <laughs> no, it is a really great place. It's a great place to live. It's a great place to work, and um, I love it here. Oh, that's awesome. So, in addition to thinking that uh, great entrepreneurs are wonderful observers, I also think that they want to do more than just make money. I think the best entrepreneurs want to find a way to give back to their community and to their industry. And it sounds just from what we're talking about that you already do that. I mean, just hearing the things you're involved with. Is there anything else you want to add about how you give back to the greater good? Yeah, I mean, I think I've mentioned um, the the bigger ways I do. Um, uh, volunteering my time with Main Street, I really spend a lot of, I've spent a lot of my time as both the president and treasurer. Um, and more than that, I serve on a whole bunch of their committees as well. <laughs> so so my husband's like, don't do any more committees. Stop that. <laughs> so um, he's like, you should work in your store instead of working for everyone else. I'm like, I know, but I like doing this. So, um, so I do spend a lot of time. We also, I mean, we give donations out of our shop, like I, I mentioned. And, and um, those are really the major things I do. So. Well, I could tell through our whole interview that giving back is just weaved into everything that you do as a person and a business person. So thank you so much for being that type of a business leader. Thank you. And you too. So <laughs> you do that as well. So, so Michelle, I, I have so enjoyed having you on the show. And like I started off by saying, I mean, everybody grows up as a kid thinking I want to own a toy store and you get to do it. So kudos to you, Michelle, for what you're doing there in Kent, Ohio. And I also think the cheese shop sounds pretty cool too. So maybe someday we'll have your husband on the show and we'll learn all about the cheese. Yes, that would be interesting too. So, so if, somebody, <laughs> if somebody listened to this show and they need to know more about you, they need to know more about Kent, they need to know more about Astra. How do they find you to find this stuff out? How do they find you? How do they find Off the Wagon Toys? And how do they find the Kent Cheesemonger? Um, okay, well, I think the best place to look would be online. So we have websites for everything. Um, KentCheesemonger.com is one. Off the Wagon Shop. Dot com And I actually, I have a whole web business that I didn't mention, mention but I do sell online all over the nation. Um, and um, also, uh, MainStreetKent.org, if you want to find out more about Main Street Kent. I'm not sure if it's .org or .com, but one of those. Um, so, yeah, that's, online. That's great. Well, again, Michelle, thank you so much for being a guest here on the show. Well, thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. And for everybody who tuned in, as always, thank you so much for listening to the show. If you like this show, jump over to iTunes and leave a review. It really makes my day when a new review pops up and somebody says what it is that they like about cool things entrepreneurs do. And we're going to be back in a couple of days with another interview with somebody just as cool as Michelle. But in the meantime, go on out there and have a great day. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at, at TomSinger. Singer. 
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.